The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, thanks for tuning on to our podcast. Uh, We're excited uh, to be able to kind of go over our sermon Sunday. My name is Daniel Ward. I'm the student pastor here at Fellowship. I'm here with Julian Martinez, our interim pastor. And uh, I thought it was a great day. We had our kids back in the kid building. Yeah. Had a great uh, crowd Sunday, and I uh, thought you did a great job with that sermon. I uh, I didn't listen to it Sunday, to be honest with you. I was <laughs> back here in the office trying to work on some on some Facebook Live stuff, make sure it worked. And, yeah. But I listened to it today on uh, on the podcast, actually. I uploaded go. it and then went and listened to it. <laughs> Uh, but great job, and so uh, we'll go ahead and dive in and start with these questions. Uh, so first question I have is, uh, you said to go wherever the Spirit leads, and uh, you kind of talked about your own struggle at this with times, about how you know sometimes you feel God speaking to you to do something, and, and in the moment, you, t- you gave this specific example at Texas Roadhouse, how oh, yeah. you were kind of tired, and mm-hmm. you had a long day, and you are like, God, I've already done what you told me to do, why are you bothering me, I just want to eat, that kind of thing. And, uh, and so my question to you is, I, think, I, f- I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. Sure. You know, the, God speaks to them, and for whatever reason, whether it's fear of, of what people think of them or it's like, you know, just straight up a lack of desire, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, they, they, they struggle with taking that step of obedience. And so for you in your life, um, how, how do you overcome whatever it is that's holding you back and obey the Spirit's call to go? I think uh, for me personally, it's been those moments to where I could genuinely feel that it was what I was supposed to do and then I didn't do it. Like I gave another example when I was uh, Sunday about this guy I had seen who needed gas in his car and, you know, I really didn't believe him. But then I came out and I kind of made this deal with God like if he's still out there when I get out <laughs> there, I'll, you know, and then, it, you know, I felt like I robbed that guy of a blessing Mm. by not doing that and then God still blessed that guy. Yeah. That's like a surreal moment that like I was, you know saying like that's one of those moments you know without a shadow of doubt that God is real and he's just impressed upon your heart. It's almost, you know, it, it's just this surreal moment that that you realize, man, this this is real. Mm. You know, like there's no way that's a coincidence. And for me, it's been moments like that to where I kind of feel like, okay, God, is this you? And disobeyed and then have and then I've had God show me my disobedience. And Mm -hmm. for me, that's kind of a kick in the gut, you know, because if God's telling you to do, you know, if Jesus walked in right now and, you know, identified himself, would I would I not do what he asked me to do? Heck, absolutely. (laughs) Right. If he says, go get me a coffee with three sugars and two creamers, yes, sir. I'd jump up as fast as I could, stumbling yeah. over myself, you know, honored that he asked me to do that. And uh, and so, like I said, we have the Bible and we have when the spirit of God impresses upon our heart. And in my mind, that's the way I've always looked at it. Mm-hmm. I, I read in the book of Acts and I read in the Bible of all these men and women who did as God had commanded them to do, even in the Old Testament. And what I love about the Bible, and there's something that I learned in apologetics, is that the Bible doesn't try to cover anything up, meaning 
you know, we see David as he is this strong king, this strong leader of Israel, and then he really messes up with Bathsheba. And God doesn't leave that out, you know. Uh, Elijah, he's running from Jezebel, you know, and he doesn't leave that out. Uh, all these strong leaders, and, and Peter, for instance, he's my favorite apostle, you know, he's got these really glorious moments where he knows what's going on, but then he denies Christ uh, by that fire. And, uh, and so, you know, f- for me, it's looking back and seeing, like, there have been people who can mess up, but God can still use, but to know that you know, if I, what comes about disobedience, that's me living for myself. Mm. If I, if I'm on this earth to live for myself, then the disobedience is justified. Yeah. Meaning God, I've had a long day. I've had a hard day at work. You know, the kids are, you know, getting on my nerves and I don't want to do what you've called me to do. Then that's living the, this life for me. Yeah. And this life is but a vapor, the Bible says. And so when I live my life for Christ or when we live our life truly for Christ, and I say truly because I don't think we do it all the time. Well, yeah. I think we say we want to do it and then we don't do it. And so when we live our life truly for Christ, then we can understand that when the Spirit leads us to do it, then we can obey. Yeah, I uh, I was at a camp one year um, and we had this camp speaker come in and speak to our students and uh one of the things he said, and it's, I think it's probably a cliche thing that a lot of camp speakers say and have said at all kinds of things, you know. Uh, but but they're you know they're encouraging kids to surrender to God, mm-hmm. and one of the things that they say is, "Go ahead and put your yes on the table now, hmm. and make this pre decision that when God speaks, when you when you do hear that clear understanding of here's what I want you to do, you've already said yes. Hmm. So the, the fatigue and the the fear and all those things don't they don't have a determining factor because you've already said yes. Yeah. And, and so, um, I don't know that it always works, but if you, you know, now say, you know what, when God does speak, the answer is going to be yes, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what's going on, I'm going to make that predetermined decision now. Yeah. So within that moment comes up, I'm going to, I'm going to follow an obedience. Um, that may, that may help some people, you know, to, right. to have, that preconceived idea now that, you know, I'm not going to allow fatigue. I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to allow anything else to get in the way of my yes, because I've already given God my yes. And I'm going to follow through with that. That's smart. And I, I think too, personally, I've always had this sense of guilt when I don't do what God has Mm. called me to do. And I hate guilt. Like I just, (laughs) I hate it. You know, I remember, and this is kind of off the road a little bit, but I, when I was young and working, like in the oil field and, you know, like the oil field is a rough place to work and you just, you got to go get it. And, uh, and I remember sometimes like being a little lazy and mm. then not, and then somebody else having to do the job that I was supposed to do. Mm. And I would feel incredibly guilty. Like, Oh man, I'm just going to do it next time. and I'm going to do it right. And so for me, the way I look at it, like if me and Jesus are walking down the road and Jesus says, like personally, like if he's right here, like we said, mm-hmm. and he says, hey, go talk to that person. Am I going to look Jesus in the eyes and be like, no, like that's crazy. Like yeah. I don't want to, you know, of course not. Even if I was reluctant, I'd be like, yes, sir, you know, and, and, and then make my mind up as I walk over there. And so that's kind of how I have to visualize it in my in my head. Like if I want to be real serious about following Jesus and who he is. And if I want to believe that he's real and he's speaking to me, then I don't want to disobey him. Yeah. And, and know too, that 
that God's will is going to be done. Like in that guy's life with the gas, like God's going to get it done. Yes. yes. The, the, the question is, is are you going to be able to be a part of it or not? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can miss out on, you know, God using you for something great because you said no, but he's still going to happen. You just didn't get to be a part of it. You yeah. Know? So, and, and knowing that, that's that's what you're missing out on when you say no. And it has further implications, too, than just meeting that initial need. Like mm. uh, I've had several times where maybe, you know, we were financially not doing that great. And then God impressed upon my heart to buy somebody groceries or something, mm. you know. And then it's like a, I have to check my bank account to be like, well, shoot, if I buy them groceries, you know, I'm not going to have enough for groceries. Mm, yeah. And yet and doing it. But then seeing the fruit on the other end of the seed that was sown. Yeah. Because God's never going to leave us or forsake us or leave us hungry. I've never gone hungry. I've never, you know. And uh, and that's the point is that God wants to show you how uh, just, you know, God wants to show you his power through you and be glorified at the same time and grow you at mm-hmm. the same time to be able to u- be used by him in a bigger capacity later and for me, that's just important for Christians to understand that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What if someone's listening and they've never felt the Holy Spirit lead them to go? Yeah, that can be real. That can that can be kind of a, a you know, a tricky question because, ha, you know, do they just not understand that that's what it is? Do they question it or do they legit not feel it? Hmm. So if, you, if you're listening, you know, if you've legit just not felt it, like you've never felt the spirit of God impress upon your heart to do anything, then there's some real serious conversations that need to be had, mm. you know, because I do think we can go through these motions of religion. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time. Right. We talk about it all the time. People grow up in church, blah, blah, blah. And they do, you know, they f- go, go through the motions and they're there every time the doors are open and yet, and they're doing all the morally right stuff. And yet if God's never pressed upon your heart to do something, uh, you know, there's some serious conversations that need to be had. But then also, you know, sometimes you have people and I've, you know, kind of dealt with this myself to where like, man, you just you really is that me or is that God? You know, is it is it me wanting to do this thing or is it, you know, God wanting to do it through me? And those are just some of the things you have to pray and discern, you know, take a moment and be like, God, you know, if this is what you want me to do, let me know. And you're going to know, you know, and and it's going to be clear to you because God. God's not a God of confusion. God's not a God of misunderstanding. Yeah. If God wants you to do something, you're going to know it and you're going to feel it. And, you know, more times than not, it's the fact that you've disobeyed it so many times that you justify disobeying and being like, eh, I'm not sure that that was God or not. Mm, yeah. You know. Okay. So next question is this. Um, you know, you're talking about Philip and, and these are ways that we can know or we can be, be like Philip. Um, and you said number two was know how to articulate the gospel. And so, um, you know, as well as I do, there's a lot of false gospels out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there proclaiming that they have this truth of what the gospel is, but it's it's antithetical towards what the gospel of the Bible is. And so if someone has the desire to know the gospel as well as they know other stuff, like you brought uh, Peggy. Uh, Peggy up there yeah, and did the did the math thing. If, if we're supposed to know it as well as we know those other things, then there can be a danger for people if they just start Googling, right? Yeah. If you start Googling, <laughs> What's the what is the gospel? <laughs> uh, you know, you could, you could really go down some rabbit trails that are, that lead you to dark places or, or wrong places for sure. So 
other than Sunday morning sermons, um, where can someone go to learn more? What are some some trustworthy resources out there that someone can go to to really learn the gospel so that they can be able to be able to articulate it? Yeah, and that's a two part. I think also like first off, you should be doing devotions in your own Bible, mm. right? You should be reading the Bible. Yeah. You should be reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and and even if you don't fully understand them you should be you should be doing that you know uh and also you know that's what we're here for that's mm-hmm. why we have growth groups yeah. that's why we have discipleship you know that's why we have even you know i've even seen people in our church get together on their own to do bible study yeah you know what i mean and uh, and and obviously i'll field all kinds of questions sometimes because they don't know and so i do think having that trusted resource like we're here and if you're a part of fellowship and and you align with the way we we think or the way we feel like the Bible is theologically, then then people should be able to come to us as pastors right. and be like, hey, what what is this? What are some of the dangers? You know, and uh, and I and I think that's the, the process, right? Start reading the Bible on your own. Get plugged in the growth groups and discipleship, and and then when you when you have a question. You know, text us, email us, message us on Facebook or whatever, right? Like yeah. we're always—that's what we're here for. Right, right. That's why we—that's why we're here, and the office is open. Uh, obviously, we do other stuff, but you know, that's what we're here for. And so, I would—I would caution people, like you said, about the dangers of googling, you know, whoever, because you don't know who you're going to run into. And if you're a new Christian, and you—and some things might sound okay. Mm, yeah. Even even it might be like halfway right or three quarters right. And there's some things in there that you might not pick up on your own to have like, you know, there's dangers there. So like, for example, I'm I'm discipling somebody and, uh, you know, they they text me all the time with these questions like, hey, what is what does this mean or what does that mean? And then I'll have to like before I answer them, like, where'd you hear that term? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, they'll be like, well, I was watching this YouTube video and I'd just be like, stay off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but thankfully, you know, that he, he was aware enough to understand like this don't sound quite right. And the reason is, is because when you read the Bible, the Bible is truth. Right. Right. The Bible is truth. And so when you read something that, when you read the Bible and then you hear something that is somewhat contrary and doesn't make quite much sense, mm. then your ears perk up. It's a spiritual ears that you have, spiritual eyes where you say, oh, hold on a second. That just doesn't seem right. Right. I remember when I first got saved and um, my mentor was like, you're going to hear people say a lot of things, a lot of different things that you're not going to read in the Bible. And he said, you should always question if you if it's not in the Bible, even if you don't know and it's a stupid question, you should always question it because you want the Bible's what's right, not man. Right. And uh, and I think that's he really taught me well in the beginning to understand that the Bible is king. The yes. Bible is inerrant. Right. And it's full of truth. It is the truth. And so anything outside of that, our our spiritual senses should pick up on. Yeah. And we're not going to get it all right. You know, we're not going to. uh uh, we're not going to get it all completely right, but the gospel we will, yeah. right? The fact that we were separated from God, right? That mm-hmm. God created us in his image in this perfect world, um, and that uh, and we were created to be in relationship with him. It, sin entered the world, you know, through uh, disobedience, and then that separated us from God, and God had to send 
a savior to reconcile us back to him. Mm. That's the gospel message right yeah. there. You know, and and anything outside of that that says, uh, no, it wasn't exactly sin or or no, we we didn't need a savior so much or no, you know, God, God didn't know what he was doing. That's not the gospel. Yeah. And so I think uh, I think it is important that they use the resources that we provide for them, not only here at church, but, you know, pick our brains as well. You know, who do we follow? Who do we listen to? You know what I mean? Because we got to go somewhere. Right. Also for our learning, you know what I mean? And so that, that would be one of the things I would encourage people to do. Okay, so let me ask you this. Two or three names that you listen to and you follow. Um, I like to listen to Alistair Begg. Mm-hmm. He's uh, just a hear his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Scottish. Uh, yeah, Scottish. Um, I like to listen to uh, Matt Chandler. Uh-huh. He's real good. Yeah. Um, I like James McDonald. Mm-hmm. He's kind of fallen out of grace a little bit because he had some trouble at his church, but that's about three. Na- John Piper's always good. Yeah, he's got some things in there that I, you know, take with a grain of salt. But John MacArthur's good also. He's yeah. got some things I take with a grain of salt. Yeah, but some of those guys, you know, and, and some of them aren't very flashy. They're they're not the Stephen Furtick's, you know. If you're listening to me th- or listening to this podcast. Please don't listen to Stephen Furtick. <laughs> I know that's just my opinion, and you might disagree with me. And I would love to sit down with you and discuss why I I would why I would advise against it. But uh, but you know some of those guys they might seem really encouraging, but there's some things that they're preaching that are not gospel centered. Yeah, are, you know are not theologically correct. Which we which that's the most important thing for us to understand about the Bible is being theologically correct isn't just a saying we throw around or isn't like a legalistic thing. You know, it's the doctrines of God that he has established and he's made himself known to us and we shouldn't go outside of that. And so I think that's very important. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And I uh, I agree with those names too. Yeah, what uh, are some of your favorites? Yeah, so Matt Chandler's my favorite of all. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much top dog he, right now. He's, he's my favorite uh, preacher uh, of all the preachers out there. I do enjoy John Piper. Um, I'm kind of with you, but I'm like that with anybody. Even oh, yeah. even Matt Chandler. There's probably sure. some things I don't completely agree with Matt Chandler on, uh, but there but the, there are those like gray areas that don't mm-hmm. really matter, you know. Um, John Piper. Uh, I had the MacArthur commentary series here in my office, um, and uh, Al Shabeg. I like I, I like to listen to Al Shabeg just complete transparency, <laughs> just because of his voice. Yeah. Um, and so those are some of the some of the people I listen to. Also. Uh, started listening to a podcast uh, from it's a, it's a lady who uh, does kind of like a um, uh, apologetics podcast oh, that's a, cool. Elisa Childers mm. um, and she's solid um, yeah. and so it's a great podcast to go to if you have like questions about what the Bible says and um, you know how to defend your faith and how to know what you believe it's a great podcast to go listen to um, and so that's that's one too that I enjoy Um you know, I enjoy listening to, um, and then I, I, I echo to Stephen Furtick. Stay away from him. Yeah. Stay away from uh, Joel Osteen. Not a fan. Um, yeah. And and uh, Todd White turned. He's oh, yeah. like getting really popular, and he's don't listen to Todd White. He's like straight up heresy. So yeah, uh, I want nothing to do with that dude. I think it's real important too, and not just because it's my background, but hear this word apologetics. If you're listening and you don't know what that is, look it up come ask me 
but we should absolutely be doing some form of apologetics all the time, mm. right? We should know how to argue our faith. We should know the, you know, so, so I teach an apologetics class. I did for like Sunday school and Wednesday nights. Mm. And uh, three basic principles is know what you know, meaning know what the Bible says and understand it. And then know what they know, right? I can't come against and somebody preaching Islam and preach against it if I don't know some of it. Mm. And then do it with gentleness and respect, right? Because we're not out to bash anybody. The, the, our, yeah. our, our message is love, right? right? That right. a God who loves us wants to save us. And that message should come out loving. Yeah. And so we need to see those things as important. Because how are we ever going to evangelize if we can't give a reason for why we believe what we believe? Mm. It's not good enough to say the Bible said so. It's just not. Um, and so I think we should always have that reason. Like, hey, here's how I can articulate why I believe what I believe. Even if the majority of it, which should be, is faith. Even if you say, I, I just I just believe it because I feel it and I see it in the Bible, and here's the reasons why. Mm. You know, some people have a more like, uh, what's the word, like, you know, academic sounding reasoning, mm. you know, that there's all these evidences and whatnot. Yeah. And I get all that stuff and they can do that. But whatever it is, we need to understand and know how to defend it. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think, uh, you know, basically the, the idea here is is have some discernment. You yes. Know, when you're when you're listening to scripture or you're listening to people preach, you know, you're reading things from other people, um, always have discernment, compare it to the gospel. If you're reading it or you're listening and, and it's me-centric, it's about you, that's not the gospel. The gospel mm-hmm. is not about you, it's about Jesus and what he did and who he is. And so if you're listening to something and it's like, hey, you know, God's all about you and, and all that, that's not mm-hmm. the gospel. And so, you know, have some discernment, know what scripture uh, says, you know, spend some time in the word for yourself and uh, and then maybe look into some of those resources that we mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that leads us into our final question. Uh, your final point was see people the way that Jesus sees them. So obviously God can change our hearts to that. And and one of the prayers that I pray often is, God, give me your eyes so I can see people the way that you see them. Yeah. I want to be able to you know see people out there the way that God sees them as you know human beings created in the image of God. So what are some ways that we can change and see people as humans Rather than like you, you were talking about Sunday, gay or straight, black or white, Republican, Democrat. Yeah. How do we see people as people creating the image of God rather than some of these other, you know, t- titles that we give people? So I think you said it perfectly when you said the gospel is not you. The gospel is about Jesus Christ yeah. and glorifying God. When we make everything about us, then we are justified in our thinking towards other people. Mm. Right. And I said it on Sunday. We've spent a lifetime separating ourselves from people that we disagree with or dislike. And maybe dislike is too strong a word. Nobody's going to admit that, right? Nobody's going to be transparent and say, yeah, I just don't like these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, even if they're lying to themselves, they're not going to say that. But we've, we've spent a lifetime of separating ourselves from people that we either feel threatened by or have stereotypes of. And, and that's because it's all about us. It's about my safety. It's about, you know, the, the things that I want for my kids and the education I want for my kids. 
And that's all good and great and everything. But when we live our lives for ourselves and it's all about us, then that tends to blind us from anybody else. Because how's that going to the way my eyes are going to see is if it's all about me, then I'm going to look at people that look and think like me to be my friends, to Mm. be my closest confidants to, you know, and, and that's not, that's not the gospel. Mm. And just, I think Philip was the perfect example of that. Here's this Jewish guy and he's evangelizing everywhere. He doesn't need permission from Jerusalem to go to Samaria, right? Mm. They flee and everybody knows about Samaria. Everybody knows why they hate Samaria. And we never see that being a problem for Stephen, uh, for Philip. He mm. goes and he preaches in Samaria. People get saved. He keeps on trucking along, man. He listens to the spirit. Here's this Ethiopian guy who looks very different from him, different culture. He's a eunuch. And I don't know how he knows that yeah. from the onset, but he does. And and he, he doesn't bat an eye, baptizes him. And so when we see people the way Jesus sees them, then we are less afraid. Hmm. Then we are less worried about our personal safety or our, you know, we talked about it last time, that guy who, uh, that tribe off of, where was that? Off of India where Hmm. he, you know, he got killed, but he was trying to reach them for the gospel, you know? And, 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 and some people might see that as, um, cavalier or not having wise discernment, but God never promised us safety. And above all else, we should be trying to reach people with his gospel. And we can't reach people if we're going to be running from people all the time. Yeah. Right. If we're running from people who look different than us or think different than us, then we're never going to be able to reach them because we've put up these walls and barriers to say, I'm this way. You're that way. You stay on your side. I'll stay on my side. And we shouldn't. We should be sharing that side with them because Jesus wants us to be the light into their darkness, right? Yeah. You look at like Port Arthur down the road. Uh, we go eat tacos there mm, on yeah. Tuesdays or whatever. Uh, and and there are like almost no churches down there. Um, and I, I looked it up one time, like within a six mile radius. You know, there's a few Catholic churches and a couple of Pentecostal churches. And it's like uh, one of, you know, some of the other churches have moved out of that area. Right. And move closer to this way, right. to Nederland or wherever, you know, because it's gotten kind of bad down there. And so that's not the idea. Yeah, That's not what church is supposed to be about. We're, if we're supposed to be a light in the darkness, we should be going to the darkness mm. instead of running from it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a, a really good example of that is uh, Sunday I was talking to um, a couple of guys who have been coming pretty faithful to our church now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a ministry uh, where they basically go like on the street and proclaim the gospel to people. That's awesome. And uh, and they're really good friends with that guy Manny that we see every oh, now and yes. then. He's got uh-huh. the kind of the curly hair. He's the one that's taking selfies with everybody every yeah. Sunday. Uh, really cool guy. He's part of the ministry too. Um, the ministry is called Seek to Save, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and so they went to this like biker rally mm. and uh, and started going around just preaching the gospel to people like That's anybody awesome. that would listen to they're they're telling the gospel and uh and manny who's uh puerto rican yeah hispanic he he walks up to this straight up skinhead and, and starts talking to him about jesus and ends up taking a selfie with this dude <laughs> who is a skinhead right i mean yeah. like that's un- like i i i can just see myself bowing in fear <laughs> and not being willing to go and do that but but yeah 
he went and, and they had a this this that actually what they were telling me was that that one encounter broke down this barrier because nobody was really listening to them before. Mm. But whenever he did that and he ca- talked to that guy, it's like all the people around started coming and saying, "All right, well, tell me, tell me what you guys have to wow. say." And, and his willingness to go to someone who probably nobody else would go to, especially someone of a different race than a white skinhead, you know, sure. um, his willingness to do that broke down a lot of barriers. And so it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool example of, you know, stepping out and doing what God's called you to do, regardless of yeah. your own fears. I think with everything going on in the United States right now, it's crazy, <sighs> yeah. right? Yeah, uh, It's so crazy. And I said it on Sunday that, that we need to look at these people who are committing these horrible acts of crimes, whichever side you're on. Mm. And there should only be one side in this situation, right? Mm, yeah. That there should be justice for all, and people shouldn't be acting like idiots. Right. Okay? But regardless of how we think about those people, we should be there showing the love of Jesus and reaching them for the gospel. Mm, yeah. Right? Because we talk about social change all the time, and we talked about like how things are going to get better. Nothing's going to get better unless the gospel reaches people. Yeah. Right. Because you can't throw enough money at it. You can't throw enough government at it. It's not going to fix anything. Mm. The gospel is what changes lives. And, and you know, I said it for, on the stage, right? That my family had a had a a, a, a legacy, or not a legacy, but a lineage of. Mm alcoholism and being in prison and drug addiction and with one decision to surrender to christ my kids don't know that life yeah uh and that's huge you know that is huge and if we would be willing to take the message that saved our lives to people who desperately need that message because they do the the people who are like breaking into stores and you know like being idiots and you know and even being idiots, even though that's not going to fix anything or has anything to do with what happened. Right. They need the gospel because they're because they're sinners in need of a savior, mm. just like I was. And I think we can't see people the way Jesus sees them if it's all about us. And if it's all about us and all about, you know, kind of keeping it for ourselves, then we're going to see everybody around us. You know, forget race for right now. Black, white, Hispanic, whatever. Look at Democrats and Republicans for crying mm. out loud. Yeah. They can both be white, they can both be black and hate each other. Yeah. You know? It's because they're they're thinking with the wrong mindset. And I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. You know, you you're thinking about yourself. Mm. You're think it's so selfish to be that way instead of thinking about the gospel. Right. That you want people to be reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how that's what's going to take for us to see other people is to care and know that they're dying and going to hell. Mm. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what their background is. I would rather embrace them in heaven than watch them suffer in hell because I was selfish and arrogant and Mm. didn't want to share the message that saved me with them. Yeah, I feel like in in our culture today um, that there's this huge us versus them mentality Mm. on, and the lines are everywhere. I mean, yeah. It's it's the Democrat and the Republican thing. It's the race thing. It's the sexual orientation thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so many lines, and I feel like that even we as believers have fallen in this trap of it's us versus them. Us it's, believers it's against us the world. Us believers against the world, 
and, and, and we've even fallen some of the traps of it's us like I, you know some some are even identifying like I'm a Republican and so all these Democrats are like going to hell and they're yeah. lost you know <laughs> and, and so there's this us versus them mentality but scripture tells us Paul writes in Ephesians 6 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers against authorities against the cosmic powers of the darkness against evil spiritual forces in the heavens mm. and so that tells me that those people aren't my enemy. Yeah. You know, just because someone looks different than me, just because someone thinks different than me, just because someone acts different than me, they're not my enemy. Mm-hmm. They are just someone who doesn't know Jesus, yeah. if that's the case. Not that everyone who doesn't think, look, or act like <laughs> me doesn't know Jesus. But right. for, for, the, for this particular example, I'm talking about lost people. Lost people, they don't know Jesus, regardless yeah. of race, regardless of... Um, any any other factor they don't know Jesus and, and so I'm not they're not the enemy sin is the enemy yes sin is our enemy but the people are not our enemy and so when we view them as enemies then we're not seeing them as Jesus sees yep. them if we view them as hey that's the person that I'm against mm-hmm. then you've totally missed the boat because Jesus says that's someone who I created in my own image yeah and I love them and I want you to go share the gospel with them yeah and we were them yeah. We were them. Yeah. Right? We're not deserving of God's love. Yeah. And yeah. we've made this standard of morals, mm. especially the legalistic churches. They're bad for doing oh, that. Yeah. We've made this standard of morals to say, oh, I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I don't cuss. Right? Mm. I don't wear a suit and tie all the time. You know, like, we've taken all these things and be like, I'm not going to go out there and. Not you know, as bad as those I'm people. I'm not as bad as them. Yeah. But, but you are on your way to hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you don't deserve God's grace. Right. You don't deserve God's glory. It's given to you uh, through mercy and grace, meaning you did nothing to earn it. And what you did earn, God held back from you because of Jesus. And and so I, I think like when was the last time we ate a meal with an unsaved person? Mm. Yeah. Let's think about that. Right. When was the last time I hung out genuinely with an unsaved person because I was trying to to reach them with the gospel. We just had this discipleship training, you know, and we're, and we're challenging people that way. Right. Like when was the last time, you know, I hang out with a lot of my Christian friends and that takes up a majority of my time. And so I'm guilty of that too. I need to do better. Mm. We all need to do better because what good does it do us if we're all having one big party that we're saved and people are lost mm. and dying and going to hell. And, and and acting a fool because of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, you want some of that stuff to stop? Give the gospel. Yeah, and the only thing that differentiates you from those people is the gospel. Absolutely. Because if, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit awakening your eyes to truth and awakening your eyes to the reality of the gospel, you would be pursuing sin just like they oh, are. Oh, absolutely. And so knowing that, that the only thing that separates you from, from people who are lost is... The gospel, yeah, and, and they need that gospel too. And, and God has equipped you; He has called you to go and be uh, His ambassadors yeah. to those lost people, and say, "Hey, come here. Let me show you this this life changing reality that I've that I've come to know." Yeah, what we've done is essentially we've said, "Oh, I was so I was so worth God saving that you know." <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's you know I'm not that, but I was so worth God saving. Yeah. That, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay on this side of it. You yeah. know, you were you worth nothing. And because of that, you should look at others as, hey, I was worth nothing and God saved me. Mm, yeah. He can save you too, right? 
But like I said, we've put up these walls. We put up these barriers to say, oh, I was, I was, I was worth saving. Right. God, I was worth saving. God saw something good in me to where I, I was, you know, salvageable. And that's not the case. No. You know, we, Paul says there's none that do good, none yeah. that seek after God. And that's 100% of people. And I don't care if you were raised in church or you were not. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you were raised in church or you're out there looting s- stores and whatnot. None of us are worthy. Yeah. And because of that, we should be taking the gospel to everybody. Yeah, and if that's your mentality, that's that's a dangerous place to be. That's the Pharisees right there. And yeah. Jesus was like, you're a brood of vipers. You're, yeah. you're, you're whitewashed tombs. You're far away from God. Yeah, yep. yeah absolutely. Sure. All right, well, that's uh, going to do it for today. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to our podcast each week. And uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. And, um, and have a blessed week. We love you. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.